difficult, 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 I'm a Brooklyn pirate oh. since I'm back. You've come to take our booty. <laughs> <laughs> we need that booty. I'm going to take that booty. Oh, God. <laughs> that Brooklyn pirate booty. Don't touch anyone's booty right now. Oh, I won't. <laughs> it's not I definitely won't. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's weird. Well, welcome back. Thanks. You guys, I made the quest back to Brooklyn and I did it. No prob. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm Katie. <laughs> and I'm Marie. And this is the Difficult Women Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening and continuing to listen to us as we go from doing a podcast in the same room together in Brooklyn, how we usually do it. Then we went, I went to Nashville, Katie stayed in Brooklyn, kept podcasting, and now we're back both in Brooklyn, however, still (laughs) remotely podcasting. Socially, very socially distanced. Socially distancing. I did look, 22-minute drive to you, Katie. You were 22 minutes. That's like kind of long drive. (laughs) I think there's some traffic right now. I just checked on it. But I bet it's like, you know, 15-minute drive or 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 how fast could I ride my bike? I don't know. I'm going to see you this week. Yeah, it'll be great. But we did think, like, let's hold off. I did come from a hot spot, yeah, city, town, fair enough. whatever. Um, so I'm going to quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, but we'll, we'll be pod, you guys, we're going to be podcasting together in the same room. The truth is, Our- they do not care. <laughs> what do they care? <laughs> Why do they care? It's <laughs> <laughs> the same podcast. Uh, we could have told you we were together the whole time. That's you true, but know. I think our chemistry is is really sure. great. I mean, it's great anyway, but in the room together, oh my God. It helps. Less of a delay. I just <laughs> Except for my brain is just on delay all the time nowadays. Oh my God, I'm seriously having quarantine brain. I like looked oh, it yeah. up yesterday because I was like worried. I was like, oh my, should I, do I need to see a doctor? What is happening? Because I've been doing all these weird things and like putting, I put a uh, food that was not supposed to be in the freezer into the freezer, putting like, you know, cabinet things in the wrong cabinets and stuff. Uh, and then I looked it up and it's a real thing. And apparently uh, there was a woman that had been freaking out because she was like doing things like getting in the shower with her clothes on and stuff like oh, that. No. And they were like, uh, so she looked it up and they, apparently when you're just under your brain is under so like so much information is coming in so either Mm -hmm. like stress from the the pandemic conversations around uh civil rights and other things that are coming up for people um if you're a parent you're having to parents at home and work and all these things your brain just doesn't have enough space you just don't have enough space so then your brain's like get in the shower with your clothes on it's fine (laughs) so it's normal everyone if anyone else is like losing their mind uh it's normal (laughs) i'm having really hard time socializing you know so i drove up uh and stayed in new jersey a couple days with some friends and just talking normally i was struggling with conversation yeah and then also the anxiety of being around other people all of a sudden like yeah for real so it's it's a new it's weird it's It's a new normal nope yep I had a weird experience uh, just in staying on the whole pandemic, not 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 nonsense, but pandemic stuff. <laughs> it's a ho- the hoax, you know, the oh, pandemic God, hoax. the hoax. God, get over yourselves about a hoax. Um, <laughs> I, so I don't know how your uh, 4th of July went, but we, I had a very socially distanced 4th of July. I decided to um, kind of last minute make my potato salad, my famous <gasps> potato salad. Shut up. And then we ate you it did all. did it? I'm so sorry, but I will make some more at some point. Um <sighs> 
So I made the potato salad. I bought some hot dogs and then I invited my roommates to my party. <laughs> oh my <laughs> we just went up to the roof. It was actually really, really nice. And it felt like we were at the beach, but we were not at the beach. Um, yeah. So I did that. And uh, then later in the evening, I went back up to the roof because there was like fireworks everywhere in Brooklyn, which was great. Uh, and I found a little spot away from everybody else. There had been a party going on. And this motherfucking guy wasted i mean i don't even know how he saw me i was like huddled in a corner somewhere came waltzing over to me wasted just like without a mask on just like hi like kind of hitting on me and i immediately put my mask on and i was just like trying to get this guy like away from me and so like in my face and like trying to touch me he asked me if he could kiss me i was like are you fucking kidding me right now and he kept saying he was like i have the antibodies i have the antibodies oh. which is like the new like don't worry baby i got tested i swear to god because i was like <laughs> get the fuck out of here and i just wanted to say just wanted to put it out there for anybody who's is drinking outside of their house and around other people or doing anything around other people if you want to ask someone something or go up to somebody and you see them frantically putting on their mask as you're like hurtling toward them put on a mask or, or yeah. turn around and walk away because mm -hmm. you are not wanted here <laughs> like get away <laughs> from me so because I, I we talked about that earlier but like what is like corona etiquette right and it's don't if somebody else seems concerned about your presence mm -hmm. do something about it i was so annoyed i was so annoyed <laughs> so he led with let me kiss you i want to kiss you or that, this was... That was pretty it was like a couple lines in but he just wow. like came and he sat down right next to me and i was like dude and he was like i got the antibodies and i was like or are you just sick right now i mean i don't even know what right. that means i don't know you at all you're just here at this party and then he was like trying to touch me and I was just like, I oh, don't want to no, do no. this. And then no. I was having a really nice time and I was like, I had to just be like, I got to go. Oh, that's so sad. It makes me so angry. Yeah. And I just was like, and then the other thing that was weird about it, because I haven't had a lot of, inter I haven't been out of the house much. So I've been on like a lot of interaction <laughs> with other people, strangers. And um, my first thing too is I kind of was like, I felt so weird about putting the mask on, but I also was like, I'm putting it on. And I just mm -hmm. sort of like almost announced like as if I, a bear was coming to me. <laughs> you know, like when you're like, bear, go away, bear. It felt like that. <laughs> but I was like, I just said like, you know, no offense, but I'm putting this mask on right now. And like that should be indication to just be like, oops, sorry, sorry. Yeah, pa away. pause. Yeah, pause. Yeah. So anyway, um, y'all, that pissed, that it reminded me a little bit of that. We talk about this all the time on the pod, but that time we were out at the bar and those guys sat down and I was like, he's like, can we sit here? And I was like, no. And mm -hmm. then they like would not leave. It was like that where I'm like, no means no. <laughs> Get the fuck out yeah, of here. It all goes back to consent. Totally. Yeah. We're going to be re revisiting, I'm sure, what consent means in this whole new world that we're experiencing with the mask. And I mean, I when I got here yesterday, I had this big conversation with my roommate just about dating. And even that is is just going to be so different. We're all want wanting to find love again. And a connection or something. <laughs> a connection, a human interaction, a real connection. But yeah, you're going to have to go forward with these masks. And it's so divisive. That is the craziest thing where like the second I would go on a date and if the guy didn't have a mask, it's like the biggest boner killer. Well, no, I just feel like we can't you. do Get this. Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah. 
Well, that was the thing. So it was my officially my first day here and I woke up super early because I was like, it was kind of like Christmas because I just wanted to like get out and see Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. And so I slapped on a mask and some sunglasses and went walking around uh, in Fort Greene and uh, the park was is so busy, obviously, because it's like the only place to right. go. Um, but the amount of like getting hit on with, I have these like really old, like military glasses that I've been wearing lately. <laughs> so there's these huge and they have camo on them. And then this huge mask that my mom made me, but still getting hit on. It's, I, I the, mean, the I don't know street what harassment to... is out of control. Yeah. Be- and I think it's literally because people are so starved for like, yeah, I believe that it's that it's, n- it's nonstop. It's nonstop. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I, I didn't I even think just, about it because it's just been horrible. Right. Should have right. warned you. Should have But it was you. just like so many. But it's funny too because the people, the men that were like kind of hitting on me or catcalling or whatevering, but the, the, those guys were actually wearing masks. So that's nice. But there that's was good. one dude that, that did not have a mask uh, and uh, he did not have a shirt on. And <laughs> He's, uh, no shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's I don't know what I just don't know what's well, what, going to happen. One here. thing with dating, though, I'm curious about is that like, well, it's not here. It's like everywhere. I mean, we're doing better in New York than some places in the country right now. So like, that's the crazy thing that's blowing. that still blows my mind. But I would just in terms of dating, I do think it is it's going to be such a good test of people's respect for boundaries. So if there's a guy who doesn't respect your bound or woman who doesn't respect your boundaries with the mask thing, you can be pretty damn sure they will not respect your boundaries in other parts of your life. Mm-hmm. So in, if you're really looking for like a partner, then you're in, I think it's a really good way to test that. Because mm-hmm. how you I know, think it, so it's just a personal respect thing. It's like mm-hmm. if you don't want to wear a mask, that's one thing. But if you're this person you're on a date with is like insisting on it. And you don't like that, then get you get the hell out of there, too, because like this is then if you can't respect somebody else's respect for themselves. <laughs> right. Then you should then you don't deserve that person anyway. Sorry. That's how I felt. Harsh yeah. reality. We're upping the ante a little bit for humanity's sake. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm fired up about it. <laughs> you're excited? <laughs> like fear. Not excited. Like like fury. Like, oh, OK. Furious. I was like, really? You're excited for all this? No. Well, I, th- I just think that I know that this is happening other places, but just, you know, me coming from car culture, right. where everyone is in your car and stuff. And then all of a sudden, I just I have so much I missed walking and getting groceries and then walking on the sidewalk home. We do not do that in Nashville. You get in your car, you drive and there's a luxury to that. And I, I appreciated that during um, quarantine and stuff. But now it's and we're still quarantining, but it's just so lovely to be back in New York and just Good. seeing different people and hearing different languages and but there's everyone's in way closer proximity. That's just right. the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to applaud New York though because the numbers are going down. Yeah. We'll see and after this fourth of July. <laughs> but I know. That's oh, true. That Fire anyway. Island stuff makes me furious. Yeah. So anybody that went out to Fire Island this year this summer, I'm furious at you. Unless you like stayed in your house, because I know how Fire Island is. You can like stay in your house and stay away from people. It is possible to do that. But I don't think that that's why people go. So 
I heard of a friend who went to a club this weekend. Yeah, I want, if they were out in those places, I think we should just shut off all of the fairies back and they can just stay. It's wonderful out there. Just stay. Stay with the deer ticks. It's fine. You're going to be great. (laughs) Anyway, I'm so angry. Um, I know. I feel like this episode also could just be burn it all to the ground. (laughs) Part two. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about some better things. But here's, should we do one more anger inducing thing and then we can talk about more useful things? Okay. So (laughs) I just, I'm, I'm on fire. That's I woke up early and had too much caffeine. So <laughs> I woke up early and got groceries and got hit on with oh, a mask and military it. glasses on. Hello. Love it. Come at me. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, okay. So we we got one of our favorite things. An the- email. An email. Oh my God, somebody is listening to our podcast. <laughs> just one all we need is one listener and then it's we're not true. and then we're not screaming into the void so that's that's great uh okay so we got this email and i want to say that this email is from a lovely lady that we did a show with actually a few like a year ago or so her name is may durand she's an excellent comedian and you should absolutely check her out uh all over the internet and this story is also it's related to the to comedy but also um i think many people might be able to relate so here is her story. Uh, she says, I've just ha- fucked it up already. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. I just have to say, I finally got a chance to listen to your podcast about how virginity is a myth. And I cannot tell you how amazing that one was for me. It really hit home for me because I personally bought into this virginity myth due to religion, society and my parents. This myth has not made life easy for me. When you buy into this lie, it somehow becomes your identity and you feel controlled by it. Short story time. I was doing a podcast with a fellow comedian and sex happened to be the subject. Duh. At this point in my comedy career, no one knew about my virginity and I was mainly judged by my looks because, you know, society. I thought I was among friends, but unbeknownst to me, I was really in the midst of creepy predators. You know, comedians, (laughs) which is very accurate. Uh, This particular trash person went as far as making jokes about my virginity, performing at one stage and pointing me out in the back where the other comics stood waiting for their turn to perform. It's one thing when we roast one another, but it's another thing when you're personally trying to hurt me. Now I'm met with ridicule while making my way up to the stage to tell my jokes while a crowd of civilians and comedians waited for me to talk about my virginity. This is the control I mentioned earlier because now I feel obligated to joke about something that I felt was nobody's business. This was also post Black Lives Matter and Me Too, so I felt alone. I was a young black female that had to keep my composure so I don't end up being the angry black woman. I had to pretend it didn't affect me because of the other myth that black people don't have mental illness like depression and get over it. And worst of all, people were recognizing me as the virgin and not by my amazing comedic talent. The straw that broke the camel's back was when the unmitigated waste of space put a contest on the podcast betting people on how I was going to lose my virginity. This put me in an unnecessary danger because, as we all know, guys are creepy. Yeah, not all men, but enough to involve a fucking movement. Most express their feelings with something called rape, and the idea, let alone the thought, of losing my virginity like that was traumatizing. Eventually, I stopped doing the podcast, wrote jokes about it to gain my control back, and it was some of the strongest writing I've done, but I always hated that it was on someone else's time and not my own. Uh, I say all this to say, uh, keep up the good work. Thank you, May. This story is so important, I think, within the context of what we talked about in that episode. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen. And also just in terms of boundaries. We were just saying about boundaries, right? Right. But also with this that I take away from is that this creepy, gross scene of boy club comedy that exists. Mm -hmm. 
And it's just these hacky fucking jokes, these and roasting people for no fucking reason, talking about sex and females' bodies, and like the females are always the the butt of the joke, and it's not fucking funny. It's just not funny. And I bet if you we were in the room, some of these douchebag boys would be laughing, and then most I would say. You know, the women probably were horrified at what was happening. And then and then I have to say, though, then the women might be horrified, but then they're kind of laughing along because we feel like we have to keep up with the Joneses and the boys club kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's been a huge disappointment, too, with an eye opener. I, I think it's not totally fair to rail totally all in on these women that have supported some of these men, because I think I get the. People sort of function the way that they could to get through society's mm-hmm. systems. But it is disappointing now, especially when some of these women that have been really, really working within that boys club thing and supporting some of these really creepy guys. I, I need to hear more from them, too, you know, mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I just really appreciate May writing us and trusting us with that story, because like in our episode that we discussed, the label of virginity just needs to. It's nobody's fucking business, especially no, a comedy it's not your show. Business. <laughs> it's especially a comedy show. The fa- that is actually like a thing too. On a side note, this is like inside baseball, but like with comics, like when I was dating a comic, uh, we would have a conversation before he would tell a joke about me. You know what I mean? He would be like, "Is it okay if I tell this story?" And that's really the only way to do it. Period, because it's not really your story to tell. And if you have a, a t- hot take on it that and you really want to tell it, then you better get consent from somebody. You, you don't, you're not allowed to just go up there and tell other people's stories. That's so fucked up. And and good on her for like taking back control of that story and that narrative and then making art out of it and like putting her voice back into that. But like she said, she you know, she's grateful she got that material, but like it wasn't on her terms and that's not OK, you know. But I'm glad I'm proud of her for like being able to turn that around. And I just want to give you her uh, Instagram handle. It's May M-A-Y underscore Durand, D-U-R-A-N-D. So find her. She's great. We love her. So funny. So funny. Yes. And delightful. Oh, you know what also is great? Oh, yeah. Vibrators. (laughs) Oh, man. Vibrators. Well, now I'm back with all my vibrators. It's so funny. I walked in. I walked in. I said hello to my sweet cat who I just abandoned for almost four months who hates me now and said and actually wrote my name. I hate you. You fucking cunt on my bed (laughs) with poop and throw up. It was lovely. Uh, So I said hi to my cat. And then also I uh, revisited. I like plugged in all my vibrators last night. I felt like there might have been like a little short circuit in Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) That was what the blackout was, I guess. That was a little brown out there. (laughs) But it's, oh, gosh, it's very exciting to be back. Did you introduce each of them? Did you say hello to each of them individually to give them the moment they deserve? I did did actually, because immediately when I got back, um, because I have been away from all of my things for so long, uh, one of the things I really wanted to do was like clean out some of my drawers. So I did. I took out all of my vibrators to find them like a beautiful new place to live in a new drawer. And like, you know, that's nice. You are important. You I missed you while I was gone. All yes. these other material objects don't matter. But <laughs> Burn you, it all down. Right. But these <laughs> keep those. <laughs> but these beautiful things. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back anyway everybody if you too want to have little baby vibrator children yeah you can visit this website free stuff is awesome but free stuff to spice up your bedroom is even better 
Select almost any one item for 50% off, and then Adam and Eve loads on the free stuff. Enter offer code HORIO at checkout and get 10 tantalizing free gifts. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her, and a third item you'll both enjoy. And six free spicy movies. Ooh. Plus, free shipping. That's HORIO. W-H-O-R-E-O. HORIO at adamandeve.com. And we're back. Back, baby. We're back, baby. Should we just get right into our topic today? Let's do it. Let's reveal it. Let's take our tops off and tell people what we're talking about today. Let's take our tops off. <laughs> Love it. It's so hot. There's no AC in here right now, oh, so yeah. I might have to. Um, yeah. Well, today, <laughs> so I don't know why this is so awkward. All of a sudden, uh, today, this is not even a big deal. I don't know why I'm being weird about it. Um, I just am weird all the time now. I So today... We're talking about changes, change and like transitions. And I think a lot of people are going, We are not, not a, I don't think a lot of people, every single person on this planet right now is having to deal with change and transition. And we're not going to be, we've said it before, we're not going to be going back to the way things were. And some people are really struggling with that. And some people are trying to embrace it more. I'm sure everyone's struggling with it to some degree. And we have lots of different changes and things that have come out of this where we're going to be transitioning to different in different ways in our lives and how do we deal with it and what do we do and how and, what, and now what <laughs> no idea no fucking no idea. clue no, idea. no I mean, idea and that's part of it right Not that knowing. is to- well th- i think that that's the thing that i'm embracing the most is that um usually i try to have a two-year plan and i've heard you know the secret you know oprah's secret is that you have to really envision where you are in life in a couple years and journal about it i don't know in two years i don't know in two months so And we've never been in this place before. And I think that a lot of people, I mean, I just keep thinking with any person with a child right now with school or daycare or like, what do you do even with, um, you know, kids that were supposed to go to college in the fall or uh, graduate high school? It's like nobody knows. Nobody knows. So how how then do you uh, transition into this new place? New normal, right? New new normal. Uh, yeah. How well, do you do it, Katie? How? Let me do tell it? you. <laughs> let me tell you. Well, one thing I talk about a lot on here, and I love to like push this notion <laughs> as much as like I'm gonna just shove it down your throats. But it's the idea of acceptance, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That like I think a really really big part of um going through change, and I think that humans are kind of hardwired to resist change. You know, like if you think of your little animal animal brain and the in a cave by the firewood or whatever <laughs> is that a thing that happened i don't know but like those olden days that you know change was not necessarily good because you're trying to establish some you know you want to know your territory you want to know where the animals are creeping out from or whatever it is you did back then <laughs> i don't know what do people do um but so like change can be uh threatening for your brain you know mm-hmm. So it is a challenge sometimes to be able to just like be okay with uh, things being different or we're moving into a different place. But the change is what allows people to grow. Mm-hmm. It allows people to get, you, you can either resist it and uh, suffer mm-hmm. or you can uh, reframe it and do something really cool with it. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what makes me excited about all this. I know that I know that sounds insane right now that I keep saying that, but like there's moments there's days I wake up and I'm like, oh, God, we're all doomed. And then there's some days I wake up and I'm like legitimately excited for the future. It's just going to be these like growing pains moving through. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been very guilty of 
with change and big, big changes that I just shut down. Right. Um, it's that's my normal reaction to a lots of change. I'm I love changes. I love adventures. Um, but I've also lived in the same apartment for 15 years, not because of for fear of something else, but just getting complacent and a little too comfortable, I think. For me, a big change that I'm focusing on right now is just simple as where am I going to live sort right. of thing. Right. Um, my roommate is moving out, which is so exciting for her. Uh, but now I can't afford this place on my own. So then do I get a stranger to come in, be the roommate? I mean, it's just all these things. But uh, but I have to just right now is acceptance, like you said, that change is a common. It's in the air for everybody. And I'm, I personally am excited to embrace this new chapter. It's like it is closing one and yeah. opening. I don't know where the opening is going to be, but the acceptance is the first thing. So acceptance that it's going to get crazy. Yeah. Or, or you don't know. I mean, or it could be things could fall into place in a way. I don't really know what's going to happen either in the future. But um, that thing you said, though, about like running away for or like trying to shut down from it I think is so normal like I was saying mm -hmm. with the animal brain shit like I think it's such <laughs> a normal reaction to uh, I think that some people lean into change real hard and for whatever mm -hmm. reason I think it's not natural even for those people I think maybe those people lean into change because they've had prior experiences with it and then they are like okay let's do this but I don't think it is natural to just like be like change is great oh my god you guys I love it right. you know I think it is well, normal I find friends that uh, were military brats, you know, growing up that right. moved around a lot. They're very adaptable. I have several friends who grew up just moving different places and having different friends all over the country. They seem to adapt very well. Yeah, I think that that's a good, but that's also a great example of somebody that just had it forced upon them so early. They had to learn to adapt. Right. Right. So no choice. In that, that. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people, especially in this country, don't they have been living in the same town for their whole lives and they have mm -hmm. been doing the same things. They've had the same routine and maybe they've had the same job even for a long time. And now to like ask them to like stay inside and, you know, wear a mask. I mean, even just something as simple as that can really rub people the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I watched a, um, I watched a YouTube video, a Ted talk. I watched a Ted talk. Uh, oh, Ted, Ted. I love Ted. He, uh, he told, he, he let this lady come up. Is that how that works? There's this guy named Ted. That's like, you guys talk. <laughs> Um, I'm but this tired woman, of talking. You yeah. talk. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's your turn. Um, so this woman, uh, Manu Shahi, she did a talk called How Changing Your Mindset Can Help You Embrace Change. And she brought up a couple good points, I thought. So she, she talked about how change change happens, right? There's going to be life changes that pop up in your life. no matter. You can't avoid them in many respects. And she said there's changes that happen that are um, planned. Mm -hmm. Like a move sometimes or like, a you know, like a changing a school or like you've graduated college and now, you know, you're going to be moving on to the next phase and you know it's coming. She's like, and then there's also unexpected change, kind of like the pandemic, you know, where you just are kind of thrown <laughs> Didn't into see something. this coming. <laughs> yep. Just not great. She talked then about her unexpected change situation, which was that her daughter was diagnosed with leukemia. And how it just sort of sent her into like a tailspin at first. And she had a couple nuggets that I thought um, were great. And she talked a lot about acceptance because the first phase in sort of a big change shakeup can be denial. And uh, at some point you got to move on to acceptance or you're going to get stuck in this like very toxic kind of place. Right. So she um, 
she talked about how uh, she got into an. Uh, what was I going to say? Hold on. Oh, she was saying that uh, apparently she, as she was she she found out about the the leukemia and then she cried all day that day and then she cried the next day all day and then she cried the next day all day and for you know she was just so upset about it and finally a nurse came up to her and she was like you have to stop she's like you have to stop because you you're not if you stay in this place it's not going to be good for your daughter it's not good this is where we are at now this is where well, this is your normal now so you have to make a change and the nurse told her um and i did not double check this but i thought it was interesting possibly that it, biologically when something has hit you and you're feeling an emotional reaction to something that emotional negativity only lasts 20 minutes mm. anything that lasts longer beyond that 20 minutes is self-imposed Whoa, really? So you're doing it to yourself at a certain point where you're either in a woe is me, you stay in a woe is me. And sometimes people stay in a woe is me phase for their entire lives. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? When things go wrong or things change or they face something that's like disruptive. Um, so I thought that was super interesting and a good point. Mm -hmm. And then the other big nugget that I got out of that TED Talk was she was saying when you have this big shift happen, and I think like let's think about the pandemic, right? Where people, again, you can like stay in a woe is me, woe is me, woe is me forever if you want. Or you can um, say like, okay, this is my new normal and just be acknowledge that, have the acceptance of that. And then I thought this was such good advice, but don't compare your current life then to what it was yesterday. There's no point. Mm. You're, in a, you're in a new place. Every moment is new. Every It's a very Zen thing to kind of say, right? To like every, every minute that passes, we're a new person. We're in a new place. We're doing a new thing, and no matter what. So especially with a big change like this. And then also um, don't compare yourself to other people either. Right. We always talk about that. But the idea of also not comparing it to your previous life. Right. Because that keeps you in like a state of sadness and denial and stuff. And it doesn't mm -hmm. give you an opportunity to look forward. Right. I think I've been dwelling, very guilty of that, but dwelling on my past life. And also, I mean, I've been talking with other artists and actors, especially since theater is not coming back to Broadway this year. Um, I'm not going to do my Lion King debut. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But then actually like feeling like we're mourning the death of um, our lives. I know that sounds very dramatic. No, to I don't go think there. it's dramatic. Yeah, but but having then a true ID identity of an actor and then, you know, a performer and then having this new normal of not being able to do what, you know, we've been dreaming about for so long. And I think that I've been stuck in – for at least with reform tours, it's like we were. I was. I've always felt like we're we're climbing this mountain of success, whatever the fuck that means. But nothing has ever come easy to us as a band or or performers, and that's like that's even the reason behind we started the band in the first place was because we were getting so much like just not not booking roles and mm -hmm. getting pushback from the industry. And so we just said, fuck it, burn it all down. We're starting our own comedy band. And to keep persevering through all of this for 10 years and then to be struck with a global pandemic, I've been thinking and, and dwelling in the fact that like we're not going to be able to tour anymore and not be able to, to you know, perform at our favorite comedy clubs in New York. And um, just all the ideas that I had and that you had for us are just totally gone. And yeah, I've been sitting and stewing in these like 
well, my dreams are gone. So what else do I have now? And that's just such a negative way to think. And so I've kind of, that was like last month. And then now this month I'm in trying in a new place of just for for us, for performers, I've been reading the New York Times had an awesome article yesterday about the uh, how theater uh, in different cities is is coming about. And, you know, these drive in cultures, I think, is really fascinating. And we talked about that. I mean, I now have a car, so maybe we can drive yes. to cow fields and play yes, for the cows finally, you know. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's only the times that you sit and dwell in the past that it just it seems as though it really does nothing good for the future. You really have to, What you've always told me that, that what is it? If you're in the past, you're anxious. And if mm-hmm. you're too worried about the future, you're- If you're in the past, you're depressed. If you're in oh, the depressed. future, you're anxious. Yeah. So and if you're it, present, you're present. And then right. you can- And so that's all I personally, and I, and I hope that other people hear this, um, is just all you can do is take one day at a time. And my sister, Margot, I was just down there and she, you know, she's working full time. Her husband is working full time and they're taking care of one and a half year old twins at the same time. And she said that, you know, if you stop and think about each day, you know, if you try to make each day the best day, then you're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's hard. That's easier said than done. But that's and all some we days can do at this point. <laughs> yeah. And some days are going to be bad because even when our lives were going the best they were going, you still have bad days. Like that's totally also fine. So you don't have to like expect every day to be amazing. But I think you find one of the things that I think I've been loving about this pandemic in a grand scheme kind of thing mm-hmm. is that it has stripped us of all this unnecessary shit in our lives mm-hmm. all this stuff and it's also stripped mm-hmm. us of some of the necessary shit right mm-hmm. but it has stripped our lives down to the bare minimum in a lot of respects and um what that has done for me is like mm. when i went on the roof with my roommates and had a mm. hot dog we were all like this is glorious this is the mm. most incredible moment of our lives because mm-hmm. you just are so starved for like change and something new and and something kind of like celebratory and all that um that you like you can really appreciate the little things right i really appreciate things and i was kind of always trying to do that anyway but i think just naturally i'm appreciating i made myself a nathan's hot dog i made it the way that they make it like i like looked it up and they were perfect how do they make it they kind of boil them a little bit in a pan it's just a little bit (gasps) they like steam them oh they were real good Oh, wow. Yeah. And I bought the Nathan's brand. So anyway, that's a <laughs> shout out to Nathan's hot dogs. But, um, but I, mean, I don't want to tell you things. what I ate for the fourth. Oh, I mean, I'm jealous. Whatever it was. That's great. Lobster tails. Oh, I saw that. That's great. Yeah. RJ's sister um, brought lobster tails. And so and I personally, that's the biggest thing that I want when I can finally go to restaurants again, I want a seafood tower. I want oh, it all yes. for me. I just want the whole thing. I want the crab legs, the lobster. But you can come too. That, <laughs> thanks, thanks. But even that, think about like how, you know, especially in New York or these urban areas, we do eat out a lot. And right. I think that there's some things about that that are fine, but then also just sort of not appreciating those moments. You know, it just becomes like the norm. And on the one hand, I've b- definitely become a better cook and I'm f- enjoying cooking better. Um, mm-hmm. But I am looking forward to the day where I can really go into a restaurant, real real talk, real way, mm-hmm. real time, and um, and just enjoy a nice meal and like 
Also, y'all that have been going out to eat and you're being shitty to your waiters, I want to come and find you. And I will find you. We will find you. you. The reformed we will horse will. You. Yeah. That woman, did you see that picture of that woman that was so like, pouty and my fajitas are not perfect and I'm just, I, why is everything so hard? I'm like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to like, I shouldn't say kill you, but I'm going to punch you. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Well, well, hey, I wish you could a- have seen me eating this lobster tail too, because it's not like that was my first lobster during the pandemic. Sure, like we I haven't had lobster. That's yeah. amazing. I love but it. But I just ate it so slow and just yeah. really savored it. And yeah, it's just that but little thing. Of- isn't that the point? Like, isn't that the thing? We have been speeding through our lives with this false sense of um, like you have to achieve this, you have to do this. It's all been put upon us by. Industry. I mean, even the fact that they're trying to rush these things open for the economy, it's it's these like rich people that are they, they want to, us to work. Yeah, they, they want us to work because yeah. they make money. <laughs> yeah. And it's and people like work. I mean, it's not if you have a job you kind of enjoy, then it's people do like to have something to do. It's not that I, I don't believe that people don't want to work. I don't think that that's what it is with this. I think people are scared to die. <laughs> That's why they don't want to go. Right. So, I mean, anyway, that's a different conversation, I guess. But in terms of like transitioning into this new world, like we have things are crumbling in a way in which we have so many opportunities to build something better and new. And I think that that's my point that I was trying to make earlier is that like with the um, with the like staying and feeling bad about what you've lost and staying in the whatever. And I think that this applies also for performance, too. Is it because I've definitely had my moments, definitely, because you're like, I, I was going to be a star of Hollywood and, you know, all these things. And now what is Hollywood and is are, is it going to make a comeback? Is there going to be we don't know. It will eventually, but it will probably look different on the other side of these things. So you can be the kind of person. And she says this in the um, in that TED talk I was talking about. She's like, you can be the kind of person that like looks forward, leans in, and then is open to new opportunities. And that's what she says about the reframing. So in her case, uh, the they, the daughter got over the leukemia and they were celebrating during their celebration of her like remission or whatever. They get a call from the doctor being like, it's back. So she then had to go through this whole thing again. She's like, I was so depressed. And then finally, uh, she was like, what, 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 what can we do good in this? Like, what can we do to help the situation? So what she did in their case is that they um, started raising, they did some stuff with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And so her daughter got to do a Make-A-Wish thing. And her daughter started making art through them and they it was really lovely she's little she's like four or five years old but they were able to start selling her art and they made like two hundred thousand dollars for the make-a-wish foundation and she said at one point this little girl who had had cancer came up to her after you know a couple years of them doing this fundraising or the year or whatever this little girl comes up to her this woman Mm -hmm. and says i named my um this is like my teddy bear or something and i named her after your daughter because Mm -hmm. she changed like she made my life so much better and then she had that realization of like you know (laughs) so much good can come out of something so terrible Mm -hmm. if you're willing to reframe the way you look at it you know Mm -hmm. And I just think that that's where we're at right now. I think so much good can come out of this weird situation. And I said it day dot of, of pandemic innovation. People are so innovative. Mm-hmm. Humans are resilient. Humans are, you know, able to do these things. And I think the the film, the theater, the entertainment industry, I've been thinking a lot about this, too, when our Burn It Down episode where I was like, fuck the industry, fuck them. <laughs> but I think there really is more of an opportunity to make 
our own way in this new world. In a, in, and I don't exactly know what that looks like yet, but nobody really does. But we can invent it. You know what I mean? Like, that's part of it, potentially. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of good stuff, I think. But, but transitions are hard. Right. Right. Because we're stuck in our ways. But yeah. we just have to embrace them. I did find <laughs> a psychotherapist, actually, online, Great. Richard B. Jolson. Uh, Dick. He good has, old Dick. Good old Dick. Good he old Dick Jolson. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but he has an article that he published, Managing Difficult Life Transitions. And he has some coping skills. Um, like you said, focus on the positive stuff. Accept change is normal part of life. Identify, and I think that this is what I'm focusing on right now, is identify your values and life goals. So it's funny because like I just hung out with my sister and her babies. Before going into it, I was like, oh, my life goal will definitely, I'll be wanting a child soon. After hanging out with the twins, <laughs> I'm good again. I don't need a child. <laughs> it's so that. hard. I don't yeah. know how moms and dads do it, but it's so awesome. I love kids. And, and probably tomorrow I'm going to want children again. But I think that it's important right now while we're all sitting at home kind of focusing on your values and your life goals. Uh, and then so when you go back <laughs> out to dating, you can actually, you know, be proud and say to that partner that you're dating or, you know, getting to know, like, actually, I really do want this for myself and know it full heartedly. I think that's mm -hmm. exciting. Um, learn to express your feelings. That's another thing. You know, we tend to hold everything back. It's better to, to let your feelings roar because if not you're just pent up aggression and then then all of a sudden you burn it all down <laughs> and don't just, know why can i piggyback on that yeah. real quick is it similarly to what i was saying earlier about like my memory loss <laughs> shit that's mm -hmm. going on I, I, this is not to like undermine the fact that we are in a traumatic situation like this is trauma that we're going through you know mm -hmm. collectively whether or not you're fully aware of it and and i think big transitions are always a little bit traumatic like that's always going to be so i think it is really important to try to stay in touch with your feelings and stuff during this and if you are mourning a little bit go through the stages of mourning you know what i mean make sure you can you're allowed to mourn a little bit too it's just that make sure you're not staying there for the rest of your life because that won't be worth it okay sorry continue oh no that's good that's good advice um he also says don't be in a rush uh when life is disrupted it takes time to adjust the, to the new reality Expect to feel uncomfortable during the transitions and let go of your old ways of doing things. Um, I think this is a good uh, piece of advice. Stay sober, actually. Yeah. He suggests, um, I don't know about you, but at the beginning of all this, I was drinking a lot. <laughs> that but, was another um, thing that she said, too, in, in the TED Talk that I saw. She said that a lot of times... Again, people will sometimes just like lean into the change and really be able to run with it. And then a lot of times people are super avoidant and a lot of the avoidance can manifest in alcohol abuse and drug abuse. Um, and then also just disappearing. In this case, you can't really mm. disappear from the pandemic, but you certainly can disappear through like drug and alcohol use. And I think that's very common right now too. Um, and it's, you know, as a coping mechanism, it's definitely not the best. I've also been there. <laughs> like, I get it. Um, and can I just, oh, and there was one other thing that she had said, and I and I had just read an article or like a blurb about this, that um, just a side note, sorry, not to man bash, but uh, <laughs> there was, there's a statistic that shows that um, 
when a when a, a man in a relation in a marriage is diagnosed with cancer or some like bad terrible disease the woman the wife stays just like very 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 frequently stays and takes care of that person when the wife gets sick uh mm-hmm. by with some horrible disease this statistically the men don't stick around you motherfuckers yeah and but i think that that's a that's a, an emotional issue i think that that's an, we're, an issue where we don't take care of our men well enough and allow them to be emotional so that when shit gets real they can't handle it because they don't have an outlet they don't have like a way to deal with process those emotions right so they just shut it so off. they either like Run. get yeah. become alcoholics or they leave i mean a lot of them leave and remarry anyway that's just a side note <laughs> It's infuriating, but it's oh also, god, yeah. that, that you got to put that on your bumble. If I get terminal, if cancer, I get sick will you and you stay? leave me, yeah. I will be very upset. <laughs> Back to this little list. Let's yes, see. Sorry. Acknowledge what you are leaving behind. Uh, don't drag it out. Um, you know, just yeah. light some sage and call it a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep things consistent. Uh, do you have a daily routine that you are doing now? Like, I, I know that I keep texting you. Or have you walked today? <laughs> are you trying to walk I mean, I definitely walk, do. So? Yeah, there's definitely run, some little. running. Yeah, and it's nice to have, like, a touchstone here, too. For me, it's been mostly just, like, I try to work out every day right now uh, mm-hmm. just to have something to do, on, especially those days where you didn't have a lot to do <laughs> and then you're just, like, floating through the day. Well, the only consistent thing I was having was happy hour. So I need to. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was staying with Conflict my parents, literally interest, like yeah. five o'clock, I was like, ah, ding, ding. Um, yeah. Except that you may never completely understand what has happened to you. Uh, and then the last one is take one step at a time. That's yeah. great. Yeah. So I think that, you know. Like you said, we're all going through this. Every single person out there right now in every country is dealing with change. And we could shut down and pretend it doesn't exist, but it does. And I like your attitude of embracing it and getting excited for the better future, the better tomorrow. And if you feel like powerless right now, I think, or if you're like, what's going to happen next or what, you know, and you're freaking out, which is normal. Like you're talking to me right now. I might start crying. Yeah. (laughs) No, but for anybody, I think another and you sort of said this, but I think just to even be more specific, what can you do? What steps can you take? What what measures do you want to start building toward to make the world better when we get out of this? How about that? I mean, I think that that is a very, not only is it just like, oh, I want to make $1,000 an hour. You know what I mean? It's like, who, fuck, okay. What about I want to make $1,000 an hour so that I can, you know, donate it to Leonardo DiCaprio's environmental fund or whatever. I don't know. Or that I start, you know, I think more than money. I think the money thing is just like, we're over. Forget money. Money's over. Money's so passe. Um. But I think more it's just like what maybe you join a community group or you, you know, have conversations that you enjoy. You know, you start making YouTube videos about, um, you know, recycling or whatever. I mean, whatever that it means to you. Um, but I think that having that as a goal is will keep you. It'll put you in a more optimistic mind, mind frame, mind frame, frame, mind. Uh, see, this is where my brain isn't working anymore. <laughs> frame. Mind frame. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but also that you will be making steps to be making the world better at the end of this. And that I mean, that makes me feel more optimistic for sure. You know, Mm -hmm. trying to think of plans like that. 
Absolutely. And especially this being an election year, I really think everybody should do as much as they can within their community or any kind of outreach you can do. Because now's the time. Yeah. Uh, There's a just I won't go into all this. Maybe we'll talk about another time. But uh, there's this concept that I just learned about how we've been living in a death economy, which means that like our economy is very short sighted and it's up and all about short term gains. And it only tears apart the world that we're living in. It only is destructive for everybody, for the workers and also for the environment and how there is potential to rebuild, restructure the economy so that we have a life economy where then, you know, even just here's one thought to to mull on uh, that. It, what if companies that have all this money pivoted a little bit and started hiring people to fix all the shit they've destroyed? Mm-hmm. People would have jobs. We'd be fixing the planet. The company, you know what I mean? I don't know that the company. There'd be something there. You know what I mean? Like that would make the company look better, too. But that's an economy that, you know, like where we clean up the oceans. <laughs> Right, clean up the oceans, fix the infrastructure. Fix the infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's I'm I'm into a life economy. Let's do it. If an urban planner is listening, I'm I'm so curious to talk to urban planners right now. Um, My roommate who works for the Municipal Art Society here in New York, she was telling me about a new pedestrian bridge they're thinking of building here in New York, and how it's it would be no cars on it. It's a walking and biking bridge. Yeah, it's like. What other towns need these things? We need to really be focusing. Uh, Nashville. Yeah. My friend yeah. that just moved, she's an architect, Nashville. just moved out to Nashville and she's now become really interested in the um, projects. There's no uh, sidewalks in Nashville. Right. There's because very, of very... racism. Yeah. The they yes. wanted to keep people out so they didn't want to build they them. They voted now... down a bike path, a bike, you know, uh, what is it? They don't a bike want people, lane. Yeah. It's because yeah. of racism. So yeah, it's enough true of racism. that. racism. Enough of that. Let's build some I got some drunk sidewalks. at my dad's birthday party and yelled at the mayor. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> was your ma- was the mayor there? <laughs> well, yeah, because my da- my parents like little. It's like not the Nashville mayor, but their town, their community na- mayor, their county. Good for mayor. you, yeah. I don't love know. It. Yell at him oh, about yeah. bike paths. I was like, oh, I'm just real. Hey, how are you? I'm just so curious. Why did you vote down? <laughs> my <laughs> Get mom out of my like, house. Yeah. Get out of my house. No, we really did have a nice discord, That's but at good. the end, I was like, oh, he's probably racist. Oh, it's, yeah, it's probably it. But anyway, anyway, don't be racist anymore. That's <laughs> another thing we can work on. Yeah. 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 Perfect. <laughs> Vote for bike paths. All right. Yeah. Sidewalks. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope everybody is taking care of themselves. Um, please send us emails about how you're, you know, what changes maybe you're going through and how you're living in the moment and accepting them and... Or if no. you're struggling, what are the things that are ma- having, you know, what are you struggling with? Because I think that's also a really good conversation to have because people probably also are relating to that. So we can mm-hmm. talk about this more so people don't feel so alone. Yes. Good point. Well, I didn't cry. I was I was a little bit worried I might cry during this episode because there are so many changes going on. But I didn't cry, Katie. did it. If you need to cry, that's okay, too. You can oh, cry I will now. later. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> it's fine. Perfect. No, it's good. All right. Well, we love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on all the Instagrams. Oh, and also we um we did do a podcast for uh the last podcast network with our friend Jackie Zabrowski. Uh we'll post it on Instagram, but definitely check it out. We had a lot of fun doing it with her and just talking, you know, pr- pretty much about nonsense, but it was really Dildos funny. and, you know, horse <laughs> girls. Horse girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really fun. So anyway, check that out. And that's it. See you next Tuesday. Tuesday.
Just like you like. Come back. 